0: finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Gidala. Thompson for three. Bang! Play Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game Six Clay Podcast Finals Edition. Um, we here NBA Finals. Your boy Gotham. Um, a little congested. If you guys can hear that over the uh, over the airwaves, um, got COVID right now. Um, been tough, but we on the mend. Uh, with my boy Matt. How we doing, Matt? Good, man. I was just
1: telling you, I've had a, a number of issues with the car and the laptop today, but uh, we're finally up and going. Gotha has been super patient, man. So I appreciate you, dude. But uh, I need this episode, dude, because I was telling you beforehand, man, I was telling you guys last week, I, I panicked, dude. So this game happens. I'm not going to lie. Uh, girlfriend saw a side of me. She hasn't seen before because the first <laughs> time we've been dating while uh, the Warriors have been in the finals <laughs> and uh, that that was a tough loss, man. So I'm here for some consolation.
0: Hey, that's what we're here for. We're missing, obviously, our third member, Chuckster, um, holding down the fort at work. Um, just working some brutal shifts, Chuck. We miss you, buddy. Um, we know, uh, we know you got a lot of insights that we've seen already on Twitter, but um, we'll, uh, we'll try to make you proud on this one, Chuckster. Uh, but Matt, uh, like you said, man, let's just jump right into it. Um, tough loss. I'm not gonna lie, uh, that was not ideal. Um, that was a, uh, you know, kind of a letdown in a, in a series where coming into it, you thought that the Warriors had. Um it, the rest, the guys coming back, um built a 15 point lead, played, you know, was in control of that game for three quarters for the most part, and then just to get absolutely annihilated uh, in that fourth, uh, Boston I uh, it felt like they didn't miss a shot for the first like eight minutes of the quarter. The Warriors turning the ball over, couldn't buy a bucket. Um, and then that lead evaporated and all of a sudden um, it was like it was curtains. Um so Boston took a one-nothing lead in the 2022 NBA finals. But uh, Matt, what were you, what, I mean, like you said, you're a panicker. Um, I can't relate. Um, I'll get into my thoughts in a little bit, but uh, how do you, how did you see that game unfold? What did you see uh, in game one and your overall thoughts, man. What what went down on Thursday night?
1: See, like I said, man, highs and lows for me, dude. So uh, third quarter, I'm not going to lie towards the end of the quarter. It got uh, started getting close for a second. The Warriors pushed it back to 12 or 14, I think. Um, they just looked really good. Everyone was hitting shots. Iguodala was coming in and making shots. Porter's three ball was finally fallen. Um, Clay hit a big one at one point, Steph was steady in the third. I felt great. Going into the fourth quarter, it just looked like it looked like a Warriors win. It just it was uh the Warriors game to lose and they lost it. But uh you mentioned you mentioned Boston hitting everything in the fourth, and that was just again, it's kind of a tip of your hat game to an extent because they they made nine threes in the fourth quarter. That's that's absolutely bananas. And, like, even wide open, that's still incredible. That's not going to happen again at any point in the series. Um, I had a couple interactions with people here and there just about, you know, Steph got off to his hot start and was like, oh, well, the the Celtics weathered this this storm from Steph. I was like, if, if they were open shots, like the offense mm-hmm. created open shots for Steph. If it wasn't Steph, you know – step backs so wasn't Steph, you know, uh, sprinting into a, to a pull up of three off the break. It was like, he was getting open shots and pick and roll coverage because the Celtics were playing, wishy washy defense. And so I didn't think that was like an impressive boon from, from Boston there, but you know, overall though, man, I was just, it was, it was a collapse, dude. It was, it was the last three, four minutes. The Warriors did not want to shoot the ball. There was one possession where, uh, on the left wing, the ball swung, swung from Steph to Porter to Poole, I think. And they all had like, they weren't wide open by any means. They had some space, and it just good. seemed like nobody wanted to put the ball up. And it was just like a weird moment where it was like, wait a minute. These guys, like Steph and Poole especially, these are snipers, man. They need to be willing to shoot right here. And that was kind of – I don't know if it was a deciding point in the game. I think it was kind of towards the end. But it was it was a tough loss. And I was going into the series. If you had told me the Warriors would have lost – would lose game one, I think – I would actually feel a lot worse than I do now, and I, I to be clear, I have absolutely panicked. And in that evening, I'm not going to lie; I didn't speak for like 20 minutes after the game. My girlfriend came over for dinner afterwards, and it was it was not a pleasant. <laughs> good, thing <you> know, <laughs> good thing we're on
0: Saturday, man. Give
1: it, give it a day to digest. Oh, dude, yeah, man. She's a, she's out of town tomorrow, so she's she's all good. But um, I, I was not feeling good. But a couple of days later, a couple of days afterwards, I actually feel like the Warriors created good looks for themselves for three quarters. Uh, there are some things to be done and I don't, I mean, Boston put it up a 50% from three shooting night and they made 21 threes. They got 15 threes from guys, uh, you know, Horford white and, uh, smart who aren't going to combine unless, you know, without divine intervention, uh, again for 15 threes. So there's that, uh, I don't think either team looked unstoppable at any point. I think the Warriors, like we said, the three quarters look like the better team, but I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of sick of the argument of like. Boston got a lot of that in the Miami series when they were down. It was like, well, Boston actually won three quarters. They've only lost one quarter. It's like, that's not how basketball works, right? Usually when blowouts happen, it's because a team kicked ass in one quarter and, you know, went, you know, uh, went even the rest of the way. So, again, I feel better than I thought I would have, but I don't feel great. I think uh, the Warriors kind of – and, of course, they have to win two the next three or they're down 3-1. So, uh, they got to win tomorrow night. Uh, and if they don't, they're in trouble because going down 0-2 uh, at home – is uh it's not a recipe for success
0: yeah no i mean 100 percent. i mean i think uh agree with a lot of points you touched on but uh for me what i saw in that okay. game was it it blew up at it blew up at one point but i think at the the real like end was when steph sat for six minutes in that second quarter um for me that just showed like all right, I don't. They're still running the same, um, the same lineups, the regular same rotations, season. regular season rotations. So, um, and so the Warriors they took that double digit lead in the first quarter, first, beginning of the second quarter. Um, but Boston came back, took the lead at halftime, and at halftime I was a little nervous. Um, uh, just that, just that seeing that rotation where Steph was in a rhythm, um, took him out for six minutes. I didn't like that. Um, so for me, letting Boston come back into the game at one point already. Um, just kind of gave them their shooter style. Derek White hit a couple of threes, Smart hit a couple of threes just early on. Um, so you were building that confidence already. So when the Warriors went on that run in the third quarter, um, I tweeted it out. I said, I think this is what this series is more like, in what sums up what this series is going to look like. And I'm going to, I stick with what I saw, but basically the Warriors were able to, they were defending Boston well. Um, they, they And they were forcing them into tough shots, which, Boston's a streaky jump-shooting team or just a streaky scoring team in general. We've seen it in the playoffs. Um, Milwaukee held them to, you know, uh, single, low double digits. Um, Miami did it too. And the Warriors have the the defense to do it. Um, So just a couple adjustments where we'll get into a little bit. But overall, my take from the game was, yes, it was one that they slipped away, uh, let slip away. Um, But the fact that the Warriors had two double-digit leads, um, it seemed like as great as the Boston defense is and um, they were uh, in stretches of that game, um, it, it felt like the Warriors were able to generate good looks, like you said, and they put up 108 points. Um, And for us coming into the series, that was the key, is can this Warriors offense score on this Boston defense? Because on the other side, the Bo- Warriors defense and the Boston offense, again, one game, you're going to get, uh, you, like you said, I don't know we're going to get another Hor- Horford master class of you know five threes. These guys combined for 15. Six right. threes, man. Career Six high, threes, playoff yeah. or
1: regular season. Four, Absolutely yeah, nuts, like, man.
0: Yeah, like whatever it was, like insane, just insane shooting and them throwing, like just going eight for eight or whatever, nine for nine in the fourth quarter. Like, tip you had to Boston, like you said, they they won that game. They came out and they punched the Warriors in the mouth in the first quarter. And you know, I, you after you get past the you know Warriors loss of game down on one. Um, realistically, that's what you want in a feel out game. Like you want it. If you can't, obviously you want to get the dub and you know go up one zero at home. Um, but for such a seasoned team, um, and for a team that's back in the finals after two years, um, for so a lot of guys, it's it's a new experience. We saw that. I think Jordan Poole kind of it, it the, the stage was a little big. You could see he was trying to go at Marcus Small one on one, had a couple of tough turnovers. Um, so like you could see some of the guys. Wig stepped up great, Looney played pretty well. Um, like overall, like there were a lot of positives from that game that I'm just not that nervous just because, especially with the way it unfolded, I think like, and you can hear it in the Warriors press conferences for game two, it woke them up. Like they realized, all right, like we thought we were going to win that game. Boston showed up and they they took it from us. Cool. Like let's go back to drawing board. I'm sure they're going to come out with some adjustments on um, defensively. Um, you can't let op- so many open threes, uh, regardless of who these shooters are. Um, you know, you don't want to give them a chance to make it, but to be down, to lose game one like that, I think, not saying, it's, uh, like I said, it's not the best thing could happen, but I think in this possible situation, best thing just because you got punched in the mouth early. Now you know you're ready for a dogfight of a series. Um, and I think that that's, that's what we're going to get. I think we saw, we knew that coming in it was going to be competitive games, There's some high level basketball playing that game one. I just, as a, as a basketball fan, that was fun to watch. It's the shot making, um, the defense is coming up. Um, so, you know, we're going to be treated to something, but um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's a lot of positives to take away. So I'm not, I'm not terribly, terribly concerned um, after game one.
1: I like that you brought up uh, just kind of the minutes idea for staff. And there's a couple other guys too I want to talk about, but this is a series with except for the, except for between game two and three between games two and three, pardon me uh, there's two days off between games uh, and you have who Jason kid I think rightfully called the best conditioned athlete in the game, and Steph, uh, even at 34, I think you can have him out there. Maybe not 40 plus minutes, but I think you can have him at 40 every night right now. 40 plus, and if especially if Pool looks, I want to talk about Pool in a second too. But uh, if Pool's not producing offensively, the Warriors don't have anybody to keep that offense afloat, and Steph is out. So those minutes need to become fewer and farther between because. Steph looked good. He didn't look. He didn't look bothered throughout the game. I don't think, for the most part, um, he kind of got where he wanted to, especially when he had the ball in his hands. I also want to talk about Wiggins because I think Wiggins had 34 minutes at the end of that game, and he's play 40. He's got to be at 40 plus, man, because of, he's probably the most durable player in the series. Like, all, not not even exaggerating. Boston's got some injury-prone players in their team. Their entire starting five has missed time this year with injuries. The Warriors, obviously, between their three core guys, um, are older. And, you know, a little more susceptible to those things, but Wiggins is an absolute iron man. You know, the guy plays through everything. He looks bouncy through everything. There's in my mind, no reason he shouldn't be, you know, matching minutes with Tatum and he, yeah, totally. you know, Tatum had a great game. You know, everyone's talking about he had 13 assists, but part of that is a function of Boston shooting as well as they did. And so you have 13 assists because Boston shot and again, credit to Tatum. He's awesome. He was making awesome passes. And those are the pass He makes the right pass more way more often than not. Now he was incredible. Um, but he doesn't have 13 if Boston doesn't shoot the lights out. And if guys that don't normally shoot the lights out, do shoot the lights out. So Wiggins, that was a bit of a tangent, pardon me, but you know, Wiggins needs to be in the game for 40 plus because he is making Tatum work. He was really good on Tatum. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's also just right now he's in attack mode and the Warriors don't have the luxury of not having guys on the floor who. Cannot get them a bucket, especially against a defense like Boston. But Wiggins was sloppy at certain points, but he was able to get in the paint. Uh, he hit some, he hit some big jumpers, hit a big three at one point. They're going to need him out there way more than 34 minutes. And somebody brought this up on Twitter, I forget who it was, uh, but Clay being at 39 and Wiggins being at 34 just just doesn't doesn't add up to me. I'm not saying anything about who's better right now, but both those guys should probably be around 40 minutes, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I totally agree. And like for me, the minutes thing was again, like this it felt like it was one of those game one feel out things where as the series goes on, you're gonna play obviously you got six games left in the season at most. Like you're gonna you're gonna put the guys out there, um, minutes, minutes, no minutes restriction, whatever. Um, but for me, like that was one of the things and just seeing just touching on Wiggins, like you said, um, just the, his ability to just take the shots that are coming to him. Um, he was, I, it was one for five on threes, I think, but he was taking them and I trust Wiggins to hit those open shots. Um, he showed it earlier. Um, but for me, offensively, like you said, it was the biggest, the biggest thing is clay and pool. Um, Cause this feels like a series where Steph is going to be able to uh, score, um, attack the game and just really be, um, get everybody else involved and really put the Warriors over the top to win the series. But you can't have that where, you know, Steph goes off at 21 in, a, in the first quarter and you're only up by five because Clay's not hitting shots. Draymond's not making anything. Poole can't get anything going. So for Steph to be able to be as great as he is, um, it's it's him putting the Warriors over top. And that that means guys like Poole, Clay, Draymond. If those three guys can get going offensively, he just two out of the three of them, preferably Draymond being one of them. Um, you get pool or and or clay get uh, going just as another offensive threat. Um, it just opens up so much more offensively for a team that already put up one hundred and eight. um so I think it, that
1: I was gonna yeah, ask did, did pool seem scared to you?
0: yeah, no, hundred and I was gonna touch t- touch on that a little bit. like I felt like it felt like he he was caught up in the moment where um, and you heard Steph say it in before game one, where it's like the bright lights you realize and you, you feel like every possession is like, is big and it is. Um, but um, at some point you figure it out and you're like, I right, just go play basketball. And it felt like when Jordan Poole attack going at Marcus Smart one-on-one um, uh, when he's off of rebound on a fast break, trying to make a move on Jason Tatum and just gets, uh, gets, uh, gets his pocket pick. Um, it's just like those small little plays where it's like, all right, he's trying to do a little too much. And then when it wasn't going for him, um, obviously um, defensively, he was getting kind of attacked on. Um, uh, Poole's defense is definitely uh, something that's going to be a factor in the series, um, but I just think that com- a combination of all of that, it just was, he had a rough game on, obviously, but knowing Jordan Poole, just the way he's been able to battle back um, the guy, like, the, the guard depth that's around him in his ear with Finals experience, telling him, talking to him right now, you got you to gotta trust that um, for a guy that's so important to this team that he will figure this out, I know it's it's it was a rough go, but um, given all of that stuff that went down, all the bad stuff that went down, the Warriors were in control of that game for three quarters. I know you said like you know you know it's all about the end result, but and it is. Um, but in a game where you did get just absolutely pushed in the mouth in the end, you take like that's the kind of positives you take from it. it was like all right, like we just got to make sure cut down some of these lousy uh, these uh, lousy defensive. Um, uh, breakdowns where you're just not closing out on guys with too many open threes and we got ourselves a ball game and who knows like and if, if the warriors pull this off like we'd have such a completely different um completely different uh, rhetoric right now so a lot of it is just you know trusting trusting the guys in that locker room to get it done and it, you got you know probably the most uh most well-built team in terms of this experience at this point so um speaking of like guys things that did stand out though like you want to talk about pool um, what like you, I can think defensively was his biggest thing, and it's one of those catch-22s. I forget who wrote about it. It was like Kyle Comey or uh, Marcus Thompson, but they're like, you want Jordan Poole out there because he's offensively, he's got that... You know, Firecracker, man. Yeah, he's, he's got the ability to win you the series, but defensively he's a liability. Um, How much of GP2 being available, and now it uh, sounds like he's going to be able to play significant minutes. Do you you know, kind of sub those two in as like, you know, some offense defense kind of thing, or do you still ride with pool or how, how do you play that now having Gary Payton to back? So a couple of
1: things. First of all, I think, I think we got in conflicting things there because we saw a video of GP shooting and he looks, I mean, it was a two second clip. He knocked down yeah, a three. It looked looked good, really good. Yeah. It was, you know, but highlights are always oh, awesome. Right. Uh, Cal Kami was saying he's not shooting now, which must've been before that, but um I don't. I don't even know if GP is the answer for Jordan Poole. I kind of see him as being to be an insert for Iguodala, not because Iguodala is not. We love Andre, right? And he's the guy's a legend. Uh, but we saw the way he was treated on defense the other night. The the Celtics don't care about him. They're not. They're not worried about it. And he had a really crucial play, and it was kind of like a Mark Jackson throwback, when you know he had the the height advantage on on Peyton Pritchard and he backed him down the post and took like a little Kobe, uh, over the right shoulder, turn around, bricked it. And that's, that's nothing to do with Andre's skill right now. It's just, I think Gary Payton all year was kind of the Warriors, seventh man, more or less eighth man, whatever it might be. And I think he kind of, if he's healthy enough, he needs to be ahead of, I think Iguodala in the pecking order right now, as far as who's getting minutes, not necessarily pool. Uh, and if Andre's out there, I don't ever feel bad about it. It's just a matter of, you know, I think, uh, Gary Payton, if he's, 80 90% 80, 90% healthy is just such a threat off the ball, even though he is not a great shooter. He just he still finds ways to be effective on both ends. Um with Pool, some of the stuff's just bad, man. Like we saw that and that that highlight of Jalen Brown dunking it all over the place and Steph's kind of reaction of you just the classic dude. Are you are you kidding me? Like a Jordan Poole gives him the little like two forearm brush as he goes by, and that's about it. Um, and it's not just that there are a bunch of plays where pool is, he's not, he's not helping. He's not, uh, guarding the shooter and the ball swings to his man. He's not in position to do anything. And of course his guy hits a three. And it's like, again, we can talk about how, um, we have talked about today already, obviously, but about how guys that aren't necessarily great shooters are hitting threes. But if, if you're a guy on defense who the other team wants to pick on, they have more confidence shooting against you. Even if you're already on them, they already feel better about it. And if you're definitely not on them, they are thinking to themselves a lot of the time, this guy, in addition to not being able to guard me on the ball, isn't even guarding me now because he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing. I feel so good shooting the ball right now. I feel so good going to the rack right now. And a lot of defense is effort, and it still surprises me at certain points that Poole does this, just given the roster that he's surrounded by and given the guys in the team. With that all being said, he, he just needs that confidence back right now, I think. And a lot of the stuff we're seeing is just him passing up looks. He had this super rush three where he had the entire lane in front of him, and I forget who was guarding him, but it was not anybody who can stay in front of him. Not that there are many guys who can, but he just jacks up this three top of the key early in the shot clock, and again breaks the hell out of it. And this is not a guy who. Game one. It's early in the series. It's not a guy who looks comfortable. And pools at his best when he's just very, very, very comfortable. And a guy who's comfortable. He's you know what. I know I'm going to pull up from 28 feet uh, when I get the ball in a second. And that's okay with him because he knows what he wants to do. The problem with pool is when he's indecisive. Uh, you mentioned a play when Marcus smart got mashed up on him and it was this ugly, ugly, like Pool buried, so his, to watch, buried man. his head in Marcus smarts chest. And Marcus smart just reached Poked around it. and just slapped the ball out of his hands, man. And it's just, he, in that moment, must've had the ball for four or five seconds. You see the help starting to go towards him. I, everything for pool is just understanding that he's good. And he's not a guy who we've talked about as lacking for confidence. But if he's – if he is not feeling confident, I don't know what he looks like offensively. So, to your and, point, I mean, it might be more GP2. But I think I think they need Jordan Poole for whatever stretch of the step is out to be productive in the first half. I think they won for the non-step minutes. But – um
0: yeah, and like that—that's what like the, when I say like you know the moment like the the game one of the finals like that's what like that's what it that's what it told me like that that was just a moment that was just big, um and it happens, man. Like you, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm happy it happened game one, not like game four or five. Um, so he he knows exactly what to build on and. Um, like you said, he's he's a firecracker on offense um, and we need him um, like point blank. We need another playmaker with Steph when Steph's out because um, those non steph minutes is where Boston really made that run in that fourth quarter. The first like two, three minutes where Jalen Brown just didn't miss. And all of a sudden the deficit was cut to five, some step back in, but Boston's got all the momentum and then it was curtains from there. But um, I think GP two is a really interesting um, dynamic into the series um, just because um, I'll, I'll kind of get into something like we will go into adjustments as well. And one of the adjustments that I wanted to see um, and I read it and I thought that it made way too much sense. And it's putting Draymond on uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I uh, put Wiggins on Jalen Brown. And I thought that that was incredibly smart just because, a lot of the times when Draymond was giving up those threes of Horford, it was it was because he was that help defender where somebody broke down their primary guy, got to the middle, and Draymond was just too late on the recovery. So Draymond's kind of got that knack to being that help guy. And if he's already sagging off shooters and they're making them, like we saw what happens. So you put Draymond on Tatum – um and put wigs on brown just because uh, athletic athleticism wise though both those guys match up you trust wiggins to at least you know keep him in front of him, be a solid defender and then the rest of the three guys on the court is literally just stop the shooters like make sure that you trust draymond in, uh, in a one-on-one matchup against jason tatum you trust wiggins in a one-on-one matchup against Jalen brown help where you can but the shooters because Marcus smart and al horford are the keys in this series in my opinion um you s- make sure that those guys don't get going it's going to be really hard for the Celtics team to score um, and keep up with the Warriors offensively. Um, and so GP2 adding just another uh, uh, perimeter defender who, you know, even when it's scoring and shooting, whatever, that's all, it's all plus, but the basic thing it brings is defense uh, defensively. And if he can, if you can put him on a Marcus smart, if you can put him on a, you know, a a Horford, a a Brown, a Tatum, whoever, you can put him at any position and he's going to be able to make the impact defensively. And for Boston, like when they take, when they get streaky and they start taking tough contested shots, they can go ice cold. Um, So that's, in my opinion, is where the Warriors can make this adjustment defensively. And GP2 would be a huge, huge factor into just making it tough on Boston to score because if the Warriors can take care of business on defensive end, you know that their offense is going to be able to at least find ways to at least get going. Um, and we saw it in game one, that they, they, they can find ways to score in bunches against the Celtics team. Um, they're giving them some shots. Like you said, pool, uh, driving to the lane, clay taking some off balance shots. You know, those will clean up. Um, Draymond is going to play better. So offensively, you trust them. Defensively, there's a lot of room for improvement. And I think that is one, one key where, you know, you're at least saying, all right, you guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, take you out the game. These other guys, shooters, you guys want to keep trying to beat us? Keep hitting 15 threes. Do it. Like, do it for four games. We're trying to do it for four. Like, that's all. That's what you can do. And you're setting yourself up for the best position to, to at least stop that Boston offense right now.
1: I like the idea of, of Draymond kind of being more involved on the ball. Uh, I also think it kind of takes away a little bit of Draymond, though. It's kind of the only thing. is He's just so good yeah, off the ball. is the only trade off there. But I, I get it. I, I do think, though, there's a point to be said, though, where – there's no excuse, and this wasn't necessarily the case the other game. But like going forward, the Warriors have the wing depth defensively to have a guy on Brown and Tatum always. At all times, yeah. It's they, they have the the depth to do it, whether it's Iguodala, Gary Payton, Wiggins, or Draymond. Uh, you know, th- there's there's no reason to not have a couple wings in there who can defend, especially you know Gary Payton's healthy and you're just swinging through Draymond, Gary Payton, um, and Wiggins. Those are three guys who two of them I feel like you could do pretty well to have in the court most of the time. Um, I also – Brown is a guy I feel like – Clay, Clay the first half, looked spry. He did a really good job, and maybe he's just Clay, you know, fourth-quarter legs uh, at the end of the game. That's also a thing we brought up earlier really with Wiggins getting 34 minutes and Clay getting 39 Clay's coming off an Achilles and an ACL, you know, yeah, it's, I'm it's expecting hard. him Jaylen to stay athletic, Jalen Brown is the, again, I might have said it last week, but for a guy who has no handle, he has one of the filthiest crossovers in the league. Yeah, it's, nice. it's bizarre, man. He's so susceptible to getting picked, but if he gets ahead of steam and he's able to pull back real quick, he's mm-hmm. losing the guy every time. And Clay right now just doesn't have the lateral, just the stop and go to stay with that. I think at the end of a ball game. So I think having a guy like Gary Payton out there, on Brown is the guy I'd love to see him on is because it's Jalen Brown is not getting free like that with Gary Payton out there. So I don't know how the Warriors close going forward. I think kind of the part of this team is that they don't, they don't have a a go-to lineup for much of anything, which can be both a gift and a curse, but I would love to see if he's healthy enough, just more, 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 more Gary Payton, man. I thought Porter looked good. I thought he moved really well. Um, the team, like we talked about it last week, they, they're they the healthiest they've been all year. If if uh, Gary Payton's, uh, you know, semi-right, I think they need to use their guys. And like you said earlier, it's six games left at most, right? This is not the time. If a, if a guy like Gary Payton, who we know was an absolute dog, wants to get out there. Got to put him out there. Get him out there. Get him out there, okay? If it's not going to be anything close to a, you know, God forbid, KD scenario in 2019 where there's risk for, Serious, serious, you know, um, further injury or re-injury. You got to get him out, and you got to let the guy play if he wants to be out there because you need him for one. And it's also his moment. Gary, Payton, oh, this I'm is sure. Gary Payton's moment too. He's in the finals, man. This is a guy who we talked about spent a lot of time in the G League. This is one of his first or his first, uh you know, full full contract he's expecting to get next year. Let him out. Let him play. And so for hey, me, again, I,
0: I had no problem with them not playing him game one just because. Again, like it, you, it's like a feel out game, you don't want to, you know, you put him out there, um, you know, just because just to play him, but like, you want to read the matchups. And now, like, obviously, now he's got an extra four or five days or four or five days of rest, um, too. So, um, I think game two, like, now you know, you need Gary Payton out there. Um, he can't impact this game, he can't impact the series. Um, and he's gonna have to be out there, like you said, like, it's gonna be. Of utmost importance because if, if, if Boston keeps hitting fifteen threes uh, from these guys, man, it's it's gonna be it might be curtains quick. But um, do you think
1: that what did you think about Draymond last game, man? Offensively, offensively, defensively, I thought he would, people are, have made some comments about his defense last game. Uh, I, I mean, thought his defense was pretty yeah. solid. Offensively, I want to know what you think though.
0: I, I I mean I can't all season. I think the 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 thing has been we want an aggressive Draymond. And for him to take whatever two 12 shots 12 13 shots going two for 12 sucks obviously like you want him to you want him to make those but um all the shots that i thought he took and he, i thought he went up for i thought they were good shots um you know he, he missed a couple bunnies um missed a couple teardrops um and then the threes that he took he took four threes i mean if he hits you know, one of them, two of them, like you know, who knows? The momentum of the game would be huge. Like a Draymond three just hits different. When he when he hits a three, it just that energy just comes up. So for him to stay aggressive is what is all we need from Draymond. Um, need him to make them now. Uh that's that's gonna be the next uh next barrier of entry. But uh, no, I loved I lo- I mean I love uh, the loves a long run. I liked his offensive game. Um now I just gotta now I just gotta convert. But Draymond being aggressive is how this team wins games um it just opens it just opens stuff up more defense actually has to stay on him um respect him to at least be a sc- semi scoring threat um so i liked it man and defensively yeah like i think a lot of people like i said they uh draymond was late on a lot of closeouts but again that's because he's been hel- he's helping so much and to what he needs to do so um i think that's another adjustment they'll make too where i don't i don't think draymond will be i don't think much.
1: al horford shooting wide right open shots yeah, no, this 50 I, I base yeah, in this next no, game no no chance um, gotham, this is a classic like gotham class half full moment because up until you started answering i felt just like dude this guy has got to figure it out uh offensively but i actually totally i, I flipped right away yeah, because you're totally right is, when, he, when he when he's willing to shoot man i'd rather have him go two for 12 than two for
0: exactly three, i want Draymond. you know I want, yeah
1: exactly because like you said it's just This team needs him to look at the basket. And he was looking at the basket last game and he didn't make his shots. And you kind of just hit in the head. We're gonna complain about Draymond no matter what, it seems like, because if he's not shooting, we're saying he's not shooting, whatever, just take the shot. And if he is shooting, a lot of us like myself, before you said what you said, are gonna say things like, dude, get fucking better at shooting. You know what I mean? And he's just that's that's also the thing.
0: Like, get better is putting it in the hole, but like keep taking the shots. Like that's that's what. That's
1: what they need him to do. If if I'm him, I'm watching Game Seven, 2016, until the last two minutes, oh, and before dude. every game because he put up 32 and 15 and nine. One of the most like obscure, that, like stat, like
0: you look back and like, what the hell did happen in that
1: game? It was fantastic, man. I was just a, it's an all time performance. Need that, need need that
0: back. Run yeah, back no, it's got to
1: happen. But um, you know this this next game is the most important game of the last four years for, for Golden State what what tell me about this game and going into it what what needs to happen
0: um like i said it's it's a game two it's you're down one zero at home obviously supporting every every game in the finals is a must win um but i think it, it really comes down to how the warriors win this game tomorrow um and i i personally like we're get to our predictions probably after a little anchor shout out but uh um i think that If the Warriors can come out tomorrow and really punch Boston back in the mouth, win this one by blowout. Now you got a series, you got momentum going to Boston. And it sounds like just, and for me, a lot of people make a lot of stuff about just what you see on social media, what what's being written after every game. I think the basic thing you got to do is listen to players, man, for every fan that's overreacting um, or is panicking or whatever. Listen to what the players have to say after the game, before the games. Like you can see, you can kind of, I mean, you can't tell what the mindset is of the team, but you can kind of get what they're feeling in the locker room where every single person has said, we know we let one slip away and we're going to come out and like come out strong. And, you know, you will see it. Well, obviously we'll see it to believe it, but as a fan, there's nothing else that you can do except Assume that that's how the team's going to come out, and if they do come out with that intensity, um, I, I don't see the Warriors losing back-to-back games of chase. Um, but what does have to go right? I think offensively, Clay, Pool, and Draymond; um, those three are the ones I have to get have a good game. Um, like we talked about, Draymond uh, just put keep just hopefully start converting other shots to keep taking them. Clay had a few just like weird like fadeaways that when he hits it, when he's in rhythm. Um, but again, for Clay just you know keep attacking the rim when you're not got it catch and shoot move the ball. Everpool, uh, you know, it's it's going to be I think his leash has to be a little a little tighter just because of what he can't do defensively. Um but if he can get going offensively, um it, you know, this his team's wrapping. I think minutes, man, Steph Steph Wiggins have to play um over 40 uh Clay around th- around there, Draymond. It's six games left. Um and you're in a do or die every single game right now. So, um no holds back on the minutes. Um so I think We're going to get a lot of, we're going to get a lot of that tomorrow. And I expect to see that. Um, And in terms of like defensively, I think we've we've covered it. Like they, they have the personnel to make this Boston team work. And if you make them work for tough shots and you just contest all these, a lot of these shots, they're streaky team, man. They will go cold. Um, they're not going to sustain that offensive output. And if they do, kudos, you know, that, that respect. So you're willing to die on that hill. But I don't see that performance replicating. I think the Warriors are able to figure it out defensively. And that's that's how they're going to go into this game, man. But you're right. It's it's the most important game um, because it sets the tone for how the series is going to go out. When, I mean, the way they win is how they're, it's going to go. I'm not going to entertain the loss because uh, we don't need that kind of energy on the game. She's quite um, how It comes out of how they win, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to hit it all. I think it's, 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 I know it sounds like, Oh, duh, those guys gotta be good. But that's it though. Those guys need to be better. Uh, McClay, I didn't think was, was awful. I thought he was fine. He was, he's not, Clay's not a guy who generally in, in, and I don't mean this in like a choking kind of way. He's just in the playoffs, your percentages go down. This is what happens most of the time. He's not a guy who's ever been crazy efficient in the playoffs, but I thought, uh, he took mostly good shots. I don't even think he got that many shots up. I think it was like 13 or something like that. Not too many. Um, but just I, I kind of want to see Clay paired with Steph more. And I want to see Wiggins paired with Poole more. And just for the defensive sake, I don't think I think next to Poole you have to have wing stoppers. I think you also need space. And I think Wiggins is kind of the only guy who matches that profile right now. And so I'd like to see in the second unit maybe, maybe change that up a bit. I know it's kind of weird to change that kind of thing up at this late in the season, but um just having, a, having an, uh having a having a break like that for uh for pool defensively would be really helpful i think and they're not really doing themselves any favors a lot of the time with these pool lineups they tend to surround him i feel like with guys who just either overcrowd and he does not do himself any favors by over dribbling but i'm about to do you all a favor by uh shouting out our good friends from anchor so we're gonna take a quick break from uh to hear about our friends from anchor and then we're gonna come back and uh, answer some listener questions and uh, make a quick prediction for game game two thanks guys
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thank you so much, Matt, for that, as always. Wonderful, wonderful Anchor shout-out. Again, uh, Anchor, send us that check, man. We appreciate it anytime. Um, But before the break, um, as Matt said, we're going to get a couple fan questions or listener questions. um, Call you guys fans. Thank you, guys. (laughs) <laughs> um, keep sending them um, and then our predictions um, but first question uh, from Brian Ruiz shout out Brian um, he said I tweeted this a bit ago what do you guys think of a 30 GP2 Clay Wiggins Dre lineup is that, th- is that six people yeah that's five never mind Clay <laughs> Wiggins 30 GP2 Dre lineup um, GP's available I think you get value minutes on Tatum Brown um, yeah uh, Mal, what do you think man? I know you tweeted that too I think
1: a little different, man. I had Porter at the five for that lineup. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was Steph, GP2, Clay, Wiggins, Green. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get it. I think that's a. I think the lineup we've seen kind of here and there throughout the season. I like it a lot. Um, defensively, it's awesome. And it just, Steph is the ultimate offensive floor raiser. So I think it's the lineup you can survive with in most series. Um, it's also just really hard, though, right now to say – it's just with the way that teams are going to play both Draymond and Gary Payton on the floor at the same time. It just makes me a little bit dubious, but I think it's absolutely worth giving a go. I think, uh, again, Gary Payton is this, this he's a little man in a in a big man's mind. You know, he's, uh, he's the ultimate uh, guard roller, and I think he can provide a lot for any lineup. Um, I do think we'll see that at some point. Like I mentioned, though, uh, I'd prefer to see Porter at the five. There, I think you can go with a lot of space with Clay, with uh, Wiggins, with with uh, Porter. You, you run a little Steph GP two pick and roll action. Um, Steph gets some kind of mismatch, hopefully. And if not, you got a strong roller in Gary Payton, and you got those three shooters in the wings. So uh, TBD. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think again, you can find a plus with any lineup with Steph, Clay, and Dre. But I think the spacing uh, has already been a little bit a little bit concerning in the series. So. Uh, to be determined, but I think it's a, I don't think it's a silly option at all.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Brian, I think, I, I think that like, like Matt said, I, I like that lineup, but I'm with Matt, honestly, I like, um, I like putting Otto in there, um, instead of Draymond just because, um, of the offense that you can generate while still having a pretty solid defensive, um, defensive presence. Um, obviously Draymond not in the lineup for defense, um, not never gonna replace Draymond, but I think Otto just he's hitting his shots. Um, and like you said, Steph Clay, uh, Wiggins out there as well. Um, you got four guys in GP2, like you said, um, easy lob threat, um, aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like four, I like those six guys really. I think it would be in any in any circumstance would be solid, uh, to put out on the court. Our second question from our guy, Aaron Parsons, a big, uh, a big question guy. love Aaron. Always, always uh, shouting us out. Um, he said, I feel like what hurt us off defensively was the overhelping and the poor rotation opened up too many open threes for Boston. Offensively, I think it was what would, went right way was a high pick and roll. Totally butchered that. I think that can open up some slip screens in the middle of the floor. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, yeah, man, Aaron, uh, I think, yeah, I think defensively, uh, like we said, a lot of just um, laid on the closeouts. Um, just kind of uh, blowing assignments here and there. Um, and I think those get cleaned up um, as, as we'll see tomorrow. Um, so the defensive mistakes, I don't think you'll see um, nearly as much as uh, we did game one and offensively. Yeah. I mean, the uh, pick and roll, especially when Steph's, uh, Steph's the guy um, in the pick and roll or um, in that action, um, you have the Steph, Steph, Dre pick and roll. Um, I think especially if Draymond's not being like not hitting shots, um, him as that kind of just point man off the roll um, would be amazing. Uh, just with you know another lob threat, lob threat, and GP two, um, Wiggins, cavon just so many guys. So uh, you know you can never go wrong with uh, Steph Curry, pick and roll action.
1: Yeah. You're p Aaron's question again,
0: Gotham. Yeah, basically, I mean, it was like defensively a lot of rotations over Um, offensively, he thinks that um it was like need more pick and roll, open up some slip screens, um, in the middle of the floor. Just our thoughts.
1: Yeah, so I think
0: you say overhelping sometimes, but
1: again, a lot of my problems when the Warriors do this kind of thing is that it's not even it's not even really overhelping against a lot of the time you have guys like Poole uh, occasionally, even Wiggins, occasionally Clay, not occasionally Clay does this pretty often, but it's just it's the no man's land stuff where, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think you need to guard Derek White like he's Clay Thompson. I don't think you need to guard Al Horford like he's, you know, Dirk Nowitzki or Carl Towns. Uh, same for Marcus Smart. Obviously, if I'm choosing one of those guys to live with, it's probably smart going forward, but you can't, it just can't be, you have all the space in the world to shoot. And so over helping, no, I mean, helping out the strong side corner is kind of the Warriors. It's their, their, their unfortunate bread and butter. A lot of the time, and I think it's pretty easily correctable. We saw it in the Dallas series, you know, the first two, three games. Um, I think the game they lost was was the game where we all kind of collectively agreed this team is having some problems containing the three game five rolls around. It's not so much of a problem anymore. Cause so they decided, you know what, we're not going to let shooters shoot in the corner anymore. Um, and so I do think a bit of it might just be that simple. I also think again, there's, and Charlie brought this up, um, go check out his recent thread, but a lot of the looks Boston got, and a lot of looks they made were tough looks, especially in that fourth quarter, Derek White and Marcus Smart hit some really, really, really hard shots. Um, and so to be clear, Aaron, yes. Uh, the Warriors need to, be a little tighter on the shooters, um, but it was also a bit of a luck factor there. I think we need to consider. Uh, offensively, the part of that question was uh, slipping screens a little. Really, is that what he said?
0: Yeah, it's like pick and roll, more pick and roll, is just so you get more like guys opening up the middle, um, just action in there.
1: Yeah, I just think Boston's a team built for pick and roll defense. They can they can literally switch whatever they want. They don't need to put two guys in the ball uh, very often at all. And I think this is not going to be a series where we're going to come out of anything saying, oh, the Golden State is going to unlock their offense if they do this or if they do that. I think mm-hmm. uh, they're going to keep doing a lot of the off ball stuff because, you know, sometimes with guys like Jalen Brown, uh, you need it. You need it. You, you need, need, it. You you need, need it. to beat the guys off ball sometimes. And we saw it in the first half a lot. Steph got some great looks, and a lot of that stuff is just, you know, discombobulating the defense early. Um, <laughs> and I I don't to be clear Gotham said it like that you can never get enough Steph Curry pick and roll. As far as I'm concerned, this guy's, uh, he's creating good luck for himself or somebody else every single time. So that would be fantastic. But as far as just making things, you know, quote unquote easy for, uh, the Warriors offense, I don't think there's an easy fix. I think trusting their guys, putting the ball in Steph Curry's hands and, uh, making Draymond that secondary playmaker kind of at most is kind of the way to go going forward. But, um, you, you they can't go wrong with a high screen for stuff. So if that's your suggestion, Aaron, I think uh, we all, we all hear you, man. And that's not a, not a silly one at all.
0: 100%. Um, appreciate you guys with the questions. Um, always love answering them on the pod. Hopefully if you guys listen to this, um, you guys will keep sending them. Uh, we'll answer all of them. Uh, Matt, but it is that time uh, we've broken down game one, given our adjustments, what we want to see for game two, taking some thoughts from other people about game two, Prediction time, baby. What are we feeling? Is uh, what's the series gonna look like after Sunday night? Oh, gosh,
1: man. Uh, again, the uh, the low part of me is just thinking the series is over in four games and the Warriors are <laughs> losing, man. But I know that's just like the dark, the darkness in my soul. Uh, but I'm gonna. I, the Warriors are gonna close out next game. They're gonna win. I don't think there's any chance Boston, Boston shoots that game that way on the road again. Uh, I I think Steph having 32, 33 is pencil it in. Because that's not that's not crazy at all. to have a better game. Pool could not be worse. Uh <laughs> Draymond uh we're gonna see him step up. But the guy says he's gonna be better. He's generally always stepped up. If he's acknowledged he messed up, and if you go catch his recent podcast where he's he cast uh cast some blame on himself reasonably um for some things that happen, because that's what leaders do. And I do expect there to be some some changes on his part, but um I, I think Boston did what they have to do as it is, and uh the Warriors need to do what they have to do now. And that's getting a win at home. And I think they do that.
0: Damn fucking right. Um, like I said earlier in the pod, man, I was not i was not, over, I was not um, incredibly overreacting to game one. I didn't mind. Outside of losing the game, I didn't mind how it played out. <laughs> um, and the 1-0 deficit doesn't scare me. I think that, honestly, it was what this team needs. They respond to adversity. They've done it time and time again. Um, sometimes a punch in the mouth is all you need. Um, I think they got it. Um, they're awake. Um, so I think the Warriors win tomorrow night. I'm going to say they win pretty comfortably. I think they they get a solid win and get some momentum going to Boston uh, of game 3 and um you tie the series up at 1-1 against a team that hasn't taken care of home court um that much that well uh, in the playoffs. You have a very very solid chance at really putting yourself back in the driver's seat with in momentum winning win tomorrow. And I think that's what the Warriors do, man. I think they they get that they get that dub at home, um break the uh the four game finals home losing streak which is incredible to think about, but, um, it's breaking tomorrow. Um, we're no no more home final losses, um, does by Dubs by a decent amount tomorrow. Yeah. I think uh, we see
1: a, I think we see kind of, I don't think we see a second quarter double digit lead, but I think we see it again, third.
0: And third I think fourth. the
1: Warriors take care of business in yeah. fourth tomorrow.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see a 40 to 16 against the Warriors. Hey, if Ooh, it happens for us, gosh, I'll take man. it, man. I'll take it. Give them one right back. Um, but before we get out of here, Matt, anything else, any last thoughts,
1: no final thoughts guys just keep keep listening we really appreciate you know we're getting an increase in questions increase and in just uh, a little bit of love here and there we really appreciate it uh, please always remember to go and just leave us five stars wherever you're listening whether it's apple or spotify or if you listen to some uh some third-party app that i do not know the name of that's also okay but uh, we appreciate you guys a ton um go check out charlie's recent threads on on uh boston shooting golden state's defense charlie juxtapos uh, we missed you, man. So we'll get you on uh, get you on Monday's pod, and uh, that's all I got for you guys, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, same here, man. Love, uh, love having you guys uh, shout out, uh, shout us out. Um, just the increased engagement. Uh, we love doing this. Uh, just talking, talking dubs, and um, to do this in the final series has been amazing. Um, so the content's gonna keep coming. We're gonna have um, pods after every game. We got a nice, as Matt said earlier, we got a nice two, three days in between each game. So um, enough time to get at least a couple of us on here. Chuckster, sir, miss you as always. See you on Monday, brother. Uh, but other than that guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Um, go Dubs, baby. It's, uh, let's tie the series up. Uh, but until then, peace. And that'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston. As they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden
1: and the Rockets.